Hey everyone, welcome back to Gifts from God. Uh, this is a podcast that's all about foster care and adoption. Sometimes we share the stories of families who have fostered or adopted, and sometimes we answer questions about foster care and adoption. Today, Leslie and I are going to be answering two questions, but it kind of is all one topic. So first of all, one question is for families who are fostering and adopting and who feel overwhelmed, what can they do to get support? The second question. If you're not a foster or adoptive family, but you really want to help and support families that are on this journey of fostering and adopting, what can you do to support those families? So today, Leslie and I are going to answer these questions. We're going to be talking foster and adoption, and today's episode is all about getting supports. back me and Leslie are here talking again and today we're talking about support systems that we either we can be support systems or support systems that we can look for so one of the things that I hear a lot that is drives me crazy um, and I know it's well-intentioned but people say things like you know all these children need is just love they just need Mm -hmm. a loving family that's all they need and uh, that's not true. <laughs> they need a whole lot more. Than, they do need love. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But that's not all they need. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about supports. So um, first of all, why do you think people need supports? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, well, definitely you need like a whole, also a whole network of supports as well. Because you're going to um, have... Well, especially if you're fostering or adopting an older child, but even if you're um, bringing a, a newborn home, because you know we soft have supports when we first bring. If you you know have a biological child, you'll have people who come. And I think so often that gets forgotten about. You know, I hear all the time with um, adoptive families is things like, you know, my sister or my brother they had you know a biological child, and people did things like offered to do their laundry and they offered to. Um, bring meals for the first few weeks and they um threw them a shower but you know myself who's adopting like no one offered to do any of that right so so even with a newborn there's the need for that support but there's just when you're transitioning um a child into your home there's just so it's so important to have some sort of support system and um and, and people around you who can offer that kind of support so you are a big component of something called the circle support model, which I had not heard of before. So why don't you talk a little bit about the circle support model? Yeah, so um, you know, I'm part of some circle supports for other families as well. Um, but it's just basically, I think even before you adopt or you foster, or even if you've already adopted and you're thinking, okay, like I need some supports, it's going and seeing who can be those um support people for you like there's going to be times where you really need to build your relationship with your your husband and make sure you're keeping your um marriage also priority or time with your other kids so is there someone who um can help sometimes provide a you know to watch the children for you or is there time for some respite 
Now you may choose to do that a little differently when you're initially attaching, um, but there's so many areas. Is there someone um, when your child first is placed with you who could bring some meals or do some laundry? So your focus can be on just building that connection attachment. So like looking and seeing um, if there, um, who in your, your support, your community could be those different people. Um, if you have people in your church, if you have friends who could do that in family and just talking to them and say like, you know, are you able to offer us some support? Is that possible? I think adoptive and foster families are so scared to not, you know, not want to seem like they don't have it all together. So they are scared to ask for that help and support. Right, so not just having one, but actually creating a circle. So saying, you know, I, I am going out there actively. I am asking some people if they would be support and then give them like something specific. Yeah, and maybe giving, asking a close friend or someone um, to be kind of like facilitate so you're that not, circle support. So you're not in charge of the circle. Yeah, so you're okay. not in, like, you know, so that person's the person who comes to you and, you know, yeah, you're kind of directing it. They asked, well, what support do you need? But on the other hand, they're facilitating and seeing if some of those needs are being met because it's so hard for families to mm-hmm. say the, like, you know, I heard one uh, person say, well, if I have to go around, you know, asking everyone, oh, you know, I, I need this help. I need this help. It's I need to just help. do it myself. I might as well do it myself. Yeah. yeah Cause it's going to take all the time. Yeah. So if you have someone who you say, Hey, you know what? would you be willing to facilitate my circle of support? Um, so a lot of you know outside resources, they have created this model for families in need who are family and but it's a great model for our adoptive and foster families too. So you know they may have an organization that has a person who facilitates that, but you can kind of you know make that yourself by having someone who's a close family member, a friend, and just saying, can you facilitate my circle of support? Mm-hmm these are areas I'm thinking I may need support or and and have that person check in you know with you and say like you know is it going well or is there other supports now that because it it will change Mm -hmm. and sometimes also there'll be people who get too busy and they can't continue to be a part of a circle support so that person can maybe help find other people who can fill that spot for you or um you know help figure out how can we meet different needs because the needs have now changed right I think just as you're saying that's something that just popped in my mind was a good person to maybe connect is someone who hasn't fostered or adopted but is thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, you know, you know, I'm thinking about being a foster family. Um, I'm just I'm kind of processing what that's going to be like. I say, well, how about you mm-hmm. come along um, as a circle support and you can help us and in mm-hmm. doing that you can get a really good idea of what this is like mm-hmm. which yeah. with so then you're helping them as well um so the church should be stepping up and helping mm-hmm. uh and one of the things that i was listening to another podcast this week and one of the things that a man was talking about was how his church got really excited it was around um, the foster month in November, like a special mm-hmm. day. And the church did a big adoption Sunday or orphan care Sunday. And the church got really excited and they wanted to do a lot of things. And so they set up, um, a special support group and they did all this stuff. And then after about a month or two, it just stopped. Like they mm-hmm. just decided they couldn't do it anymore. And he said that that actually was more harmful than helpful because it kind of got 
the foster family's hopes up that there was a support system and then it was suddenly gone. Yeah. Um, now you work for Home for Every Child mm-hmm. and I think they really get it that one church really can't on its own be a really good support for foster adoptive families because it's too much for one church to take on. So how does Home for Every Child help churches um, be able to support families? Also, they offer like a lot of their own support as well, and and they also offer post-adoption grants as well to families, but they can um, help work with churches to build um, their, you know, their adoption foster ministries and help them to keep that ongoing, Um, but also partner with them for things like, Mm -hmm. so that they have a partnership with support groups and things like that, so that there's um, a bit of that, you know, overseeing that as well and you know that that those churches have that support system as well if they want to start an adoption or foster ministry at their church and yeah if say say church a comes to home for every child and says you know we want to do something but we're not really sure what we can do and home for every child says well i have church b c and d here as well Mm -hmm. so they also want to let's you know put our resources resources together yes and then we can do something that can be supporting mm-hmm. the families. And Home for Every Child supports all families that foster and adopt, right? Not just families in your church. Yes. Which is important to remember. Um, so what uh, advice would you give to, um, say there's a Christian in the church that just says, you know, I really, I want to be a support mm-hmm. to families. Like, where do I start? Because it's maybe... Do they just walk up to a foster family and say, hey, you're a foster family. <laughs> Let me in your circle. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> maybe worded a little different, but yeah, I think you just, you know, ask, like, you know, you say, you know what, I am really looking to be able to offer some help to, you know, a family who has felt called to foster to adopt. Um is that something like you would be open to? And is there ways that I could um, offer you support? Guarantee that if those families probably haven't really been asked that too often. And I, so they probably we, will say they might even say no at first. Yes, because that's overwhelming. But sometimes, if you, <laughs> yeah. But sometimes if you come up with a suggestion, yes. Because that's the problem is so many families. It's really hard. I, I know someone just said, "Oh, how can I help you?" But if you don't want birds, so if you say, hey, listen, you know, um, I would like to do something. Could I bring you a meal over this week on it? Mm-hmm. You know, is there a day that's like really like re- you're really busy with so many appointments for kids? Um, could I bring you a, a meal or say like, you know, um, could I come over and, you know, help vacuum some floors for you? Be, you know, and, and, you know, understand. I think the problem is, you know, I, I know for my my case too, I feel like, oh, you know, I should be able to keep up on all of it. But it can be really difficult if you're doing so many appointments or driving to so many things to be able to be home and doing everything. So having someone realize that and understand, like, it's not like, it's not just that you're lazy. It's not mm-hmm. that. It's just that you know this person probably has a lot of appointments, things they're going to for their for the kids, and you know, and saying you know, I really understand you've like got a lot you're you know dealing with. Can I help with some of these things? Like, would be helpful. So I'm gonna tell you three things people did for us that was really huge and something I would not have asked for. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have asked for any of these things because it would have seemed. One, it would have seemed too big to ask for, and 
two, I think it would maybe even been embarrassing to ask for. But so I had one person who was a family member and what they did for me is for one year. So, and that's the other thing too. I think if you're going to offer support, like give a timeline. So mm-hmm. like I'm offering this for a year, I'm offering this for a month or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So that you've set something and, and it's not like an awkward thing when it ends. But they said for one year, once a month, Mm-hmm. They paid a house cleaner to come to my house. Specifically, they cleaned my bathrooms and did my floors. Yeah, that's amazing. That's it, right? Um, but that means once a month, my bathrooms and floors were like spotless. Mm-hmm. So that was huge for me. And I would never have asked for that, but that was so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is I had someone um, who was willing to drive my kids... Um, to a specific appointment that they had once a week. Mm-hmm. So they picked my kids up from school and brought them to this specific appointment. And then I picked them up from the appointment, but they stayed with them actually through that entire appointment as well. And so it was the same. I would have said no if somebody had said, well, I can I can come pick them up this week. But because it was the same person mm-hmm. every week and they did it for, um, they were actually doing that when they were in, foster care before so they did it for like three years it's actually really huge and so that was a difficult appointment for my kids to go to so having the same consistent person Mm -hmm. there was really helpful and if I meant like would have been gone Mm -hmm. fit in right so second thing that's um that they came to us and with financial help to specific things so they sent my kids to camp oh that's a big one yeah like they paid for the camp so those three things were huge so if somebody was looking to support somebody, I can say for me, that was gigantic. Well, and I know for us, um, a big need has always been like, we, we have had lots of children who um, we have fostered. So it does put a lot of wear into mm-hmm. your house. Um, but f- financially and like, because we've adopted also so many. So financially being able to pay for people to come paint our house or, or yeah. help with different repairs. And we, and we have some repairs because some of the kids we had um, struggled with different anger issues. So, you know, like punch a hole or things like that. She ended up with holes in the drywall or things like that. Um, and so... And you also had times where you had to build ad, ad rooms, right? Like yes. change things up because yes. you needed... More space. More rooms, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So those are always needs too. Like, you know, that... But yeah, but it's hard to ask for that. Like, mm-hmm. ask for different things. Um, but I like your idea of, you know, like camp and things like that. So, like, if it's a big family, it's hard to always yeah. be able to, yeah, find the funds to be able to send all the kids to exactly. different things. Um, one of the other things, too, that, like, you were mentioning, you know, when, when someone brings a brand new baby home. Um, so, when we had our first child, so it was really, we had a shower and we had all of these things. And we were able to put a nursery together. And we had really nine months to put mm-hmm. this nursery together as opposed to when our kids and we could use a lot of like secondhand things and it didn't have to be great because they're babies they don't know any better right (laughs) um but when you bring home especially older kids we had to buy two full bedroom sets yeah right yeah so two beds two dressers Mm -hmm. two like two full we went to ikea and they picked out a bedroom uh so that was a huge expense and people don't realize that that's not covered like Foster, if you're fostering, there's a lot of things foster care will cover. They mm-hmm. won't cover that. Yeah. So that's kind of a big deal. 
so even if there's a family that is just starting out in foster care, um, coming along saying, like, we're going to help put together a bedroom for you. Yeah. One thing that was really um, beneficial to us, though, was people who were also willing to be a support system and mentor um, the children too. Like you're trying to build your own attachment, so it can be tricky um, when it comes to your adopted children. But um, but that was really also beneficial. So if you're someone who you know, you're not at the age where you can foster to adopt yet, or mm-hmm. maybe um, and you're younger, but be willing to be a mentor to yeah. someone. Um, I'm willing to tutor or things like that too, because mm-hmm. that can be, because then those yes, parents, tutoring. <laughs> yes, well, I find that's a, a big need for us is like, you know, we, we want to be able to focus on trying to connect with our children and, um, homework can be such a power struggle, which may mm-hmm. not be quite the same power struggle with someone else than it is right. when you're dealing with things like developmental trauma and attachment disorders. Um, a child may be much more willing to do homework and work with someone else than, um, than they would be with their parent, right? So that's, you know, a huge help. And, and like I say, again, those people who are willing to be those positive influences um, for both, while we have right now some really amazing people who have really um, poured into our older biological sense as well and have just been such a support to them as well. So that's been a help too for them, but also, you know, having people for your adopted children as well for both. So if you, so if someone is listening and they're thinking about being a support, mm-hmm. one of the first things that I would say is actually to go and get training. Yes. Um, I don't know if you can sit through pride. I don't know if you can pay, they might have to pay for that, but there's other things you can do. We have some books. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go here to the website and you can check out on the store, we have books that are for adoptive families, but if you want to be a support system, I would suggest reading those. Uh, the biggest one, which is what is the best book out there? That everyone needs to read. Well, I love the Connected Child. Yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> the Connected Child, and yeah. um, they also have a DVD that you can be that you can go through and study. They have um, amazing website Empower to Connect, which has a lot of resources for free as well, videos yes. and things like that. So, if you're wanting to be a support system, you can start that way. Another thing you could do um, is you could go out, you could get your police check, you can get all mm. this stuff done, and you can be get yourself registered. Because, and I actually didn't know this, so I broke rules because I didn't know. But apparently, <laughs> you're not supposed to send your kids to be babysat if they're foster kids unless they have like police checks and all this kind of stuff. And like they, my other kids, I, I could send them to someone to be babysat because I know that family, mm-hmm. right? But there's extra rules. So if you say, you know what? I got my police check. I got all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I can babysit your kids. Yeah. Because some social workers are really picky about that. Yes, yeah, so which they maybe. should be. I yeah. get that, but um, so that's for somebody who wants to be a support. So now you are a foster family or you are adoptive family. Where do you go out and look for support? We talked about home for every child. That's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Where else can they go to look for support? Um, Adopt for Life offers some mentorship programs to be connected with some mentors and um, Adoption Council of Ontario, both of them offer a lot of webinars and training and things like that, but they also um, will connect you to a lot of resources as well. And of course, Home for Every Child does as well. So so, um, we have um, Adopt for Life and the Council of Adoption for Ontario. Adoption Council of Ontario, yes. Okay. And so those two are both secular groups, mm-hmm. and then Home for Every Child is specifically a Christian. A Christian, group. yes. Okay. Um, so that's the first thing is going to an organization. 
the next suggestion I have for families is to, if your child was in foster care before, mm-hmm. to stay connected with that foster family. Because yes. that is, going for me, that was our biggest support. Especially that first year. Because mm-hmm. I would text them all the time and say, okay, like this just happened. And specifically to see, okay, is this a new behavior? Mm-hmm. Or is this a behavior they already had? Or is this... You know, is this just how they react to things or have has something changed? And so it's yeah. really important. Well, I think the viewpoint of that has really come a long way and changed because in the past it used to be that adoptive families were kind of told to cut off foster families, like to help their own attachment. But kids often, if you keep as many people who care about them and that consistent mm-hmm. in their life, actually in the long run, attach far better mm-hmm. to their adoptive families. Um, and the foster families can be such a great yeah. support. And I think it's starting to be more and more re- realized. But I know like adoptive families can so often, and, and maybe you can speak to that, have that fear of, oh, you know, what if they don't attach me? Or, or that, um, I don't know if jealousy is the right word, but just like, you know, concerns or, or you know, so many of them mm-hmm. will cut out the foster families. Because yeah, for us, the foster family they had before us was like the most amazing family in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, my husband said, no kid is going to want to leave that home and come to us. Like, we are going to be a downgrade because they, like the mom is like perfect mom, the house is perfect, like everything. But and I could have gone with that reaction and said, no, you know, I'm, I, I, I want, don't want to have a connection with that because that's I can't live up to that standard. But instead, I was like, wow, this woman is great. I need to look to her for advice. And so we've become really good friends. And I absolutely love her. Like She's amazing. And the kids love there. They still go there for sleepovers. Mm-hmm. All my kids do, actually. So my biological kids as well, they all go there for sleepovers. Our kids are in the same schools together. So it's really, really great. It's been a really good connection to have. One of the one of the other reasons that I like connecting with foster families is that you could be going through something, but you can't talk to your friend about it because it's confidential, right? Yeah. And the foster family already knows the whole story. Yes. So you can go to them and say, like, this is what just happened, and I'm wondering, like, my I'm thinking it's because of this, or I'm, you know, this, mm-hmm. and you can have that actual dialogue with them because they already know the whole story. They actually yeah. may even know more of the story than you do and they could fill in things. Whereas I can't just talk to my friend about it because then I'm sharing information mm. that's not, like I'm gossiping about my kids. That's mm. not good. Just as a side note, we need to not tell our kids stories to everyone, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes it so you can talk about it when you need to talk. Okay, so we have... The past foster families, we have organizations like Home for Every Child or Adopt for Life. Um, another support people can reach out to um, is to think of reaching out beyond adoption support. So if you have, say, a child with Down syndrome, then mm-hmm. going to Down syndrome organizations. Yes. Or if you have a child with um, fetal alcohol syndrome, going to a fetal alcohol syndrome support system. Mm-hmm. So kind of looking for those systems that are specific to your child's needs, like you have autistic, mm-hmm. look for autistic resources, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, you know, when we were talking before about people so often go, oh, well, you know, they haven't adopted, right? So they, but these are still amazing resources. Mm-hmm. Um, I know at one point I did go to a support group for um, parents who were, parenting children who had you know struggles with anxiety or depression and things like that 
And um, it was still amazing. Like they were amazing support because so much what they were going through, I was going like you know going through parenting my children. So even if they haven't adopted, they can still uh, mm-hmm. you know really relate, and you can learn so much from that, like the other people. Right. So in general, we can't do it on our own, right? Mm-hmm. They need love, but they need a lot more than love, and we need more. Yeah. We need to feed it into them. Um, I remember I was at a seminar one time and they were showing, they showed this, um, you know, they have the long plugins, extension plugins where you put a bunch of things in. Mm -hmm. And so they showed one with all of the ones were plugged into something, but then each of the plugins had, had a plugin that could hold three or four things. And so they just kept adding more and more Mm -hmm. electrical things into this outlet. And they're like, at what point does this become unsafe? Mm -hmm. Right. So you have to unplug some of these things. You need more help. You need um, you need more people coming alongside of you because eventually you will not be, your mental health won't be good. That's true. I love, um, Subido has like the short video on YouTube and I think it's called What's in Your Toolbox or something like okay. that. And she showed this one and she talks about initially about um at one point about taking this long road trip with she adopted 23 kids i think or something like that oh my goodness and doing a road trip at the same time or over a length uh, over a length of time okay (laughs) um anyway i may have that number wrong because she does have some biological children as well but she pulls out this long um car battery like the cords for that and she said, you know, like, this won't be any help to me. Like, what what you need. To attach it to. Yes, like, people need that. You're going to need those people. Be there, be that support, and help, you know, charge your battery, right? And there will be those times, right? So, <laughs> so trying to find other people who can be that support system as well. So one of the books to- I'm going to put a link here is called Replanted, which mm-hmm. is a book for Christians, and it's specifically about coming alongside families and helping them when they're in that exact, right when they're starting that replanting, when someone, child is coming into their home and that, that is, that is the hardest time, right? That's, mm-hmm. That first year is when they need all the support really. Mm-hmm. I mean, they will need support later on, but that first year they need a lot. Mm-hmm. All right. So there you go. That supports. Hopefully you guys, if you're listening, um, and if you are a foster adoptive family, you will go out and search for supports. And if you're listening and you're not a foster adoptive family, you can think about how you can be a support. And then Leslie and I will be back next week. All right, so that was Leslie and I answering the question, um, how can we support families who foster and adopt? And for those families who are fostering and adopting, where can we go for support? So hopefully that was helpful to you. If you're thinking right now, okay, I want to do a support, Right now, what's something I can do immediately to help a family? Let me tell you, you need to send them to the Together for Adoption and Fostering Conference that's going to be held May 24th and 25th. So it's going to be in Waterloo, Ontario, May 24th and 25th. I'm going to put a link to that below. So what you need to do is you need to find a family that you know and say, you know what, I'm going to pay for you as a couple to go to this conference. We're going to get a hotel for you. It's going to be a great weekend. We're going to make sure your children have childcare so you can go away, so you can refresh. So absolutely, that is the first thing you can do. And I will put a link to that below. The second thing is maybe if you are in ministry at all, come on out to this conference. Leslie and I are both going to be speaking at this conference. I'm going to be speaking specifically to children's pastors and youth pastors. And what you can do if you have children and youth in your church who have been through trauma, what does that child need from you? So 
You want to be a support? First thing we can do is get your families and your church over to this conference, May 24th and 25th, and then get your youth pastor and your children's pastor also to this conference. That's a great step one. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this podcast. Next week, I'm going to be telling my personal story. So my story of being an adoptee myself and also our family's journey of going through and becoming an adoptive family. So make sure you tune into that. In order to make sure you don't miss that, you want to subscribe. Also, I noticed that we've been getting a lot of five-star reviews. I love that. Thank you if you can leave even more reviews. That means that more people will be able to get this podcast and to be able to uh, learn more about fostering adoptive and this journey. In the meantime, go out there, love your family, and support families who foster and adopt. I'm Lorelei Siemens. Leslie and I will see you again next week.